The best health care is there in ways big and small. There when we most and least expect it. We may not see it, but we feel it. It lets us know we're not in this alone. Everyone deserves a health care partner who never quits. One who's there for what matters. United Healthcare, there for what matters. It's not just another day in your life. Things are changing for the better. At Comcast, we see those changes and we're thinking about how we use technology today to live, work, learn, and play. And we're building for the future now so we're better prepared for the wants and needs of tomorrow. That's why Comcast is rolling out multi-gig internet speeds to more than 50 million homes and businesses before the end of 2025, making our already industry-leading network even faster, smarter, greener, and more reliable. Over the decades, Comcast has been your partner, working hard to serve your community and we'll continue to be your partner. We're expanding our gigabits so you can enjoy the tiny bits that matter most. It's Not Your Fault is a podcast for parents, caregivers, and young people navigating the world and its challenges. Here's your host, Brandon Jones. Morning, and welcome back to another installment of It Is Not Your Fault, a teen mental health podcast aimed at parents, caregivers, and young people to better deal with all the mental health challenges that we see on a day-to-day basis. I am your host, Brandon Jones, and on today's episode, we are going to talk about a uh, an article that came out about a new research study that found that 71% of children last year identified to be facing challenges. We'll get back to the podcast in a minute, but first, Black Beyond Measure honors and elevates Black creators, artists, entrepreneurs, and others in the Black community. Target holds the community front and center, supporting their products, ambitions, efforts, and the people behind them, encouraging them to thrive. Capricia Ambers is a local Twin Cities artist who work can be seen in Target's Diverse Artist series. Her feature designs include beautiful, bold silhouettes and can be found on throw pillows, doormats, mugs, tumblers, and much more. She finds inspiration from and connection to her city and community. Learn more at Target.com slash Black Beyond Measure. This is alarming. This is alarming. This, this article came out from uh, U.S. News. And the focus of the article was on kids getting ready to go back to school and helping parents get prepared. And that's something that, you know, I'm a big proponent of. I think that there is a level of anxiety for parents and caregivers and even young people when it's time to go back to school. I think that one of the most critical areas that we overlook for a lot of young teenagers is that transition from middle school to high school. That is a big leap. That is a big step. There's a lot that goes into that. And there's a lot of anxiety that happens for a lot of people. But even those other years, sophomore year, junior year, senior year, 
there's levels of concern there as well. And for this, I'm going to focus more on teens because that's what the podcast is about and not particularly on the younger, the little littles. But when we have 71% of teens saying they're facing challenges as we prep for the next school year, we have to ask ourselves, what in the world is going on? Why are so many young people struggling? Is it due to technology? Is it bullying? Is it because the school systems are not prepared? Is it because the students are not prepared? Is it because the learning is not continuing over the summer months? Um, is it because the community and the school are not on the same page? I mean, the answer is probably multifaceted. There's probably several different levels to why young people are struggling. I don't think it's just one domino um, or one thing. I think it is a domino effect. I think it's multiple things that have led us to this space. But if this study is true, if 71% of children have identified that they have faced challenges last school year, we should be raising heck, <laughs> uh, just to keep it PC. We should be up in arms about this. That I mean, literally, this is 71% of the young people are struggling. This should alarm everybody. Even if you're not, if you're not a parent or caregiver, you should be, you know, saying we need something better for our kids. Now, as I look at this country and I look at things that happen, news, um, stories, as I do work in community as much as I can. You know, it is it is surprising how much our children are suffering and how little outrage we have for the suffering of our ch children. And I say our children, this is this is across the board ethnically and across the board racially. Um, there are a lot of young people who are academically not doing well in the United States. And this should be one of our leading problems politically. This should be one of our leading problems communally. This should be one of our leading problems in our own homes. But for some reason, it's not. I know that some people focus on this. And I know that the answer for many parents has been the homeschool. But for so many others, it's just like we just keep moving forward like this is not happening. And we see report after report after report. And that's one of the reasons why I like to leverage this podcast and this platform to talk about these things because the the, the struggling, I mean, I was a kid who struggled. I, I'm fortunate enough to be able to have the academic success that I had, but I could not read well at all as a young person. Um, and I, I know I've talked about myself on the podcast before. I make the joke that I was an, uh, a nerd and a football player at the same time, and those two things can't exist. Uh, but I was really, really just a nerd who could play football well. My nerdiness was a struggle, though. I, I had the desire to learn. I had the intrigue to learn. You know, I would attempt, but I was not the best reader. And honestly, I probably didn't start reading well until I was about maybe a senior or a freshman, a senior in high school or a freshman in college. That's when I really just started to zone in and try to read as much as I could and improve my reading skills. So I knew going into college that I was going to struggle if I did not, if I couldn't read. And it's not that I couldn't read. I wasn't illiterate. Um, you know, I was not, I, I wasn't dyslexic or anything like that. I just was a poor reader. I was one of those kids 
who did not get left behind, you know? I remember being in elementary school and being pulled out of class. Um, I probably was in about the third and fourth grade. I remember it was a two-year thing where I would get pulled out of class and have like special reading time with another instructor be me and maybe like three other kids. And um, I don't know why that stopped fifth and sixth grade. I didn't have that then, but um, it could have been funding or whatever. But I remember being the kid who had tremendous anxiety when it came to like popcorn reading and making sure that um, I would read ahead in the text. Because, <laughs> you know, in popcorn reading, anybody can call your name. So as the kids are reading one paragraph, I'm trying to read the next to make sure I'm familiar with the words. I'm probably not even understanding what's happening in the story because my anxiety is so high because I just don't want to look like a fool when my name gets called out. So um, I bring that up because kids go through so much and they don't talk about it. I, I never talked to them, you know, about the struggling of my reading with my parent, um, you know, my mom never talked about it. She knew, she knew that I was in the class and I had the special, they pulled me out of class to have the special reading time and things like that. And we never had any conversations. I remember my mom buying Hooked on Phonics for you old school people. You, know, you probably have heard of Hooked on Phonics, um, but she never, and, and part of it, she didn't have the time to, but she never like sat down and made us do. It was like, I bought this, you guys figure it out and I'm going to keep it moving. Um, but those were probably opportunities for me to improve my skills. So when I see studies like this, and I think about my own, you know, upbringing and childhood, I'm like, man, I, I've been there. I've been that kid. I know how that feels. It's super uncomfortable. And it's, it's very disheartening to see that 71% of kids are facing challenges. So let me dive into the article here and talk about some of the challenges because it's not just academic challenges. Uh, the article actually does talk about the percentages of what the challenges are. The number one challenge at 37% was safety concerns. Now, when we think about schools and safety concerns, a lot of times we go to school shootings, and that is a big concern. And we go to mass shootings. And that is a big concern. But when we talk about safety concerns in schools, it's not just the shootings. It's the fights that happen, right? It's the threats that happen. It's the bullying. It's these things that kids don't feel safe in school because there's so much just turmoil that's happening all the time in so many schools. And it doesn't get talked about a lot and it doesn't get it doesn't get national news until it's a mass shooting and something's extremely traumatic and and tra tragic but this is something that happens in schools every day the fights have increased all the time the damaging of property the attacks on teachers like like there there's a lot of stuff happening in our schools these are little to toxic stress environments environments and we and we don't talk about it educators know about it educators will tell you sometimes the kids will talk about it 
it's all over social media because everybody's recording on their phones. Just type in school fights and you'll see tons of videos and whatever social media platform you you care to see, you'll find them. And you'll see kids of all ages fighting and attacking teachers, attacking each other. It, there, There's a level of frustration, anger, and aggression that's going on and needs to be uh, railed in and rechanneled or something within our school. So safety concerns was number one at 37%. Number two was academic challenges, as I just spoke about with my own experience. Um, you know, again, children are struggling. They're struggling with math. They're struggling with the basics. Um, a lot of times in community, we talk about our kids are struggling because they don't know our their history. That That's not what that when we talk about academic challenges, we're not talking about history. We're talking about arithmetic. Okay. We're talking about literacy, being able to read, being able to do math, being able to understand English concepts, being able to understand science and biology and the things that we feel like we don't use in our life, but believe it or not, these things show up in our lives all the time. And the kids are really struggling to understand these core concepts. But for some reason, we like to focus in on history. Like history, I mean, history can be taught anywhere at any time. But if you don't get these core basics done, you're going to struggle in your adult life. And it's important for us to keep that in mind. So 26% was academic challenges. Uh, bullying actually was teased out. 24% of the children reported being bullied. Um, you know, what more can I say? You know, we have cultures within school buildings where bullying happens all the time. One of the most fascinating phenomenons that has happened in, in schools over the last 20, maybe 20 to 25 years, is this new advent of behavioral deans, or these folks who walk within the hallways and they make relationships with the kids. Why is that? Like, no one, no one thinks about this. No one talks about it out loud, I should say. But the reason why we have these behavioral deans is because the behaviors have gotten out of control. So you have to have almost like security guard like people in the schools to maintain just normal order for kids to learn. We'll get back to the podcast in a minute. But first, if you're looking for business advice, everyone's got an opinion, an angle, a surefire five step plan. But if you want to know whether any of it actually makes sense for your business, who do you turn to? Work with a banker who understands your business goals and how a strong banking relationship can help you achieve them. Work with Bremer Bank, because understanding is everything. Put us to work for you today at bremer.com. Our mental health is part of our total well-being. We're worthy of joy and self-care. Because when we see mental health, we see a community that cares. www.cmentalhealth.org when I walked across that stage at my high school graduation, I was excited, but confused about my next step. Then I walked through the doors at Doherty Family College. 
Doherty Family College is part of the University of St. Thomas. It's a two-year college that lets you earn an associate's degree and puts you on a path to your bachelor's degree. Classes are small, so I have a personal relationship with professors committed to my success. Like the name says, they treat us like family. They call us scholars because they believe we could do anything we put our minds to. They set us up for excellence with free tutoring, and that's not the only thing that's free. Laptops, books, even breakfast and lunch, and bus fare. That's part of the package here at Doherty Family College. It's even free to apply. So do like I did. Go to dfc.stthomas.edu and set up a tour. We'd be excited to welcome you to our family here at Doherty Family College. At General Mills, our table is your table, and we believe racial equity, diversity, and inclusion are key ingredients for our success. Learn more about our work to inspire change at generalmills.com forward slash racial equity. United Healthcare knows when it comes to your health, everything matters. From a common cold <laughs> to an uncommon mole. Huh. That's why United Healthcare is dedicated to providing simple, accessible coverage with the resources and support that matter to you. Because your health is the one thing that matters more than anything. United Healthcare, there for what matters. Learn more at uhc.com. I'm not saying these things to be um, negative. I'm just, I'm, I'm just observing. Like this is all observation. Like there, there was a time where we didn't have community safety officers in schools. There was a time where we didn't have metal detectors in schools. There was a time where we didn't have behavioral deans for kids. Something's going on, and we have to be able to talk about these things. And then ongoing social challenges related to the pandemic was uh, the the fourth thing they identified at twenty four percent. And then the fifth thing, which is surprising, was mental health challenges came in number five at 22%. So again, I don't bring these numbers to you to bring a dark cloud over anyone's head uh, as we go into the school year, but part of me wants to ring an alarm and hit a and drum a bell, uh, drum hit a drum and say, hey, we have to do something. <laughs> like if 71% of American children are reporting that they're having issues last school year, is the number going to go down this school year? Because school starting pretty much right now. We have to do something for our kids. Let me just give a few tips because you know I'm not going to come in here and talk about problems and not talk about some strategies and how to deal with it. But here are some things that we can do as parents, caregivers, youth workers, and even young people to kind of deal with these issues as best as we can. The first thing is to stay as organized as possible, encouraging teams to keep track of their assignments, tests, deadlines, using all types of tools, planners, calendars, whether it's physical things or whether it's um, you know productivity tools that are digital, whatever it takes for you to stay organized. That's one of the best things you can do. If you don't wanna fall behind academically, staying organized is something that can help you do. Now, you still have to do the work, but knowing when things are due and having the anticipation and pacing yourself is one of the best skills you can have as a scholar and as an as a young academic young individual. Uh, establish a routine is kind of goes along with that as well. Consistency can help you reduce your stress. It can improve 
and it can improve your productivity. You can help uh, uh, create these daily routines for your team, work with them. Hey, what are we doing on Monday? What are we doing Tuesday? What do your schedule look like on Wednesday? How are we going to shape up these weekends for you? Like establishing routines really does help. Establish realistic goals. I mean, I, I see some young people, they have choir practice, then they have swim, then they have taekwondo and basketball and track. Some of that might have to fall to the wayside until the grades get better. And you might have to reduce some of all the activities because always being on go can be stressful. I have a young man that I've kind of mentored over the years. And he he had to he he would tell me and I had to tell him that we need to talk to your dad about this, but he wanted to quit doing all these activities and just focus in on two sports, which was track and football, because they ran on different seasons. And I said, You have to tell your father. Like you tell me this all the time. I will be there if you want me to be there, but it's up to you to, you know, gain that courage to tell your father. And when he finally was able to do it, he was so nervous. It was such a relief because his dad said, yes, we can do that. I completely understand. And you you would, you would, could just see the weight lifted off this young man because he was able to just build that confidence to tell his dad, like, I can't do all these things. Uh, limit distractions is another thing. So encouraging, you know, our teens and young people in our lives to create conducive study environments by limiting distractions, social media, video games, TV, friends, um, during their study sessions, schedule out that time as best as possible. Um, what else was I going to say? Two more things. We have to teach problem solving solving skills to our kids. A lot of kids get to the spot and place of them where they just say, I don't know. And the, the key thing is they really don't know. And, the, and we, have to have, we have to encourage critical thinking for our kids and helping them solve problems in their lives. Even if they're big problems, at least they're making an attempt to solve them. And we have to do that to the best of our ability. So we definitely want to encourage problem-solving skills. Um, you know, obviously, if there's any mental health issues, talk to a professional. But the last tip that I want to definitely encourage, because when I see this happen, a lot of people just get frustrated and tap out, is we have to encourage and teach stress management techniques. When young people are stressed out, when their anxiety is high, when they're frustrated, when they're overwhelmed, they'll just quit. And when you quit and no one knows that you're quitting or you're not putting in a full effort, that's when you start to slip behind and you really start to struggle. So I want to encourage parents and caregivers, especially if you don't have them yourself, first you got to work on your own, but definitely model behavior, encourage, maybe even develop together stress management techniques for you, you and your young person. These things will help. I'm going to share a series of tips on our Facebook page. So definitely check us out at 
um, it is not your fault um, podcast on Facebook. So just search. It's not as your. It's not your fault podcast on Facebook. It's gonna be a list of tips there. I'm gonna also share this article that I'm referencing as well, so that you have it to inform yourself uh, as you move forward as your parenting, caregiver, teaching, or young person journey. And you can find me in a couple of different places as well, because we're going to wrap it up at this point in time. You can find me at uh, my own website, jegna.org. That's J-E-G-N-A.org, J-E-G-N-A.org. You can also find me at shalettamakesmelaugh.com. That is shalettamakesmelaugh.com. Man, it's been an interesting podcast. You know, the energy was a little different this time because I'm just was so struck by this article you know when I hear 71 percent that's that's a lot that's a lot of kids that are struggling and we have to do something different uh if for our kids to have any type of future that's not a struggle we have to show up for them better so I'm going to continue to do this podcast as a way to help plus a lot of other things and I would encourage you to join me on this journey and do the best you can do as well. But remember, it is not your fault, but it may be your responsibility to do something better for the children in your life. I'm Brandon Jones, and I'll see you next time. Peace. To check out previous episodes of It's Not Your Fault, or to learn more about Brandon Jones, log on to ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. Hi, I'm Shaletta Brundage. I'm a media personality podcaster, and a business owner. But my most important role is mom. Three of my beautiful kids have been diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. When I didn't know who to trust or where to turn, I found ACRA. ACRA provides home care services to families all over Minnesota. The care is not one size fits all. They know each one of my kids is unique. They listen to what resources we needed and what's best for our family. I've seen my kids grow and thrive with ACRA's in-home care. While autism is the most common diagnosis among ACRA clients, ACRA offers personalized in-home care services for people with disabilities, chronic illnesses, behavioral diagnosis, and mental illness. They work with children, adolescents, and older folks too. Find out more about ACRA at their website, acrahomecare.org. ACRA helps me provide my kids with a better quality of life. They can do it for your family, too. The cultural districts of Minneapolis revel in the motto of every neighborhood having its own flavor. Whether that's Sabor Latino in Holy Land over in Northeast Minneapolis on Central Avenue, Barakala Restaurant and the Cedar Cultural Center over in the Cedar Riverside neighborhood, or even Mercado Central in Los Ocampo over on Lake Street. And these cultural districts help Minneapolis stay a city on the bubble, changing and relevant today and for years to come. COVID-19 is still circulating out there in our community and it still presents a real danger for those at higher risk. You can do your part to protect the most vulnerable. That's older folks, those who are immunocompromised or have certain lung, heart and other chronic conditions and people who are pregnant or have just given birth. Consider getting tested before spending time with these folks or wearing a mask when you're in close contact around them. Show you care by taking care. 
Children's Minnesota, the leader in specialized health care for kids, is here to raise awareness, standards, the bar, the stakes, the question, the curtain. On raising kids' health to the highest priority, kids need equal access to health care, more pediatric expertise, a voice for change. Kids need us, all of us. So let's raise them up. Children's Minnesota, the kid experts. Do you worry that lead-based pain in your older home might be dangerous to your children or kids who visit you? Well, Hennepin County put those fears to rest. Hennepin County offers free lead tests and home assessments. If they find anything, eligible homeowners and landlords can receive up to $15,000 for work on the home, including new windows. The government banned lead-based paint 45 years ago when it was discovered that lead poisoning can affect development and cause permanent damage in young children. But 75% of those homes built before 1978 still contain some lead-based paint. As the paint degrades, it can make dust that little kids ingest when they're crawling and putting things in their mouths. So make sure your home is safe and hazard-free. Learn about testing and that $15,000 grant at hennepin.us backslash lead control. That's hennepin.us backslash lead control. You know Shaletta makes you laugh, but did you know Shaletta Brundage can also make you think and boost your business? Media personality, activist, and comedian Shaletta Brundage founded Shaletta Makes Me Laugh to celebrate and share the best of black culture. It's a podcasting platform. You can download 10 weekly podcasts hosted by African-American subject experts at ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com is also a production house creating broadcast quality commercial content. And Shaletta and her team of storytellers create powerful promotional campaigns to get businesses the brand awareness they're looking for. Some of Minnesota's top businesses trust Shaletta, and you can too. Get out the word about your events and products and get in front of communities of color with ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. She's got the power to help your business.